Welcome back. Bill Michaels show. Grant Bills, Ben Kenny. He's on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Follow him. I'm at Ben Z Kenny. It is a football Friday, as I have mentioned time and time again today. We've talked a lot of Packers. We will continue to as we lead you up to two o'clock. However, Wisconsin plays Washington State Grant Bills on Saturday. It is more of a test than last week was, obviously, with FCS Illinois State in town. Washington State is a middle-of-the-road Pac-12 team, fifth or sixth ranked there in the conference. They beat Idaho last week, an FCS team, 24-17. to Not a very confidence-inspiring win there. A lot of turnovers. Idaho moved the ball well through the air on them. A lot of storylines here. Number one, head coach of Washington State is Jake Dickert. A lot of Wisconsin ties there from Wisconsin. Grew up a big Packer and Badger fan. There's a picture of him like there is with P.J. Fleck of him as a kid with a Wisconsin shirt on. Uh, He is the coach of Washington State, a new-ish coach, 4-3 and overall. He took over last season. There's been a lot of turnover there on their roster in general because Mike Leach, who I assume many know, was there forever, went to Mississippi State. Nick Rolovich takes over. There was the whole vaccination thing. He ends up stepping down. Dickert takes over for Rolovich. So he's four and three. He also brings in this offseason in his first full year there. Eric Morris, who was the head coach at Incarnate Word, as his now offensive coordinator. Why is that important? Well, one of the most highly touted quarterback transfers is a guy named Cam Ward, who was the quarterback at Incarnate Word last year. One of the best, uh, I believe they're FCS, one of the best seasons, like uh, statistically unbelievable, brings him in uh, and expected to have a huge season there, super dynamic kid. So they bring a lot more of a challenge than Illinois State defensively last week against Idaho, Washington State got after the quarterback a lot, seven sacks, 12 tackles for loss overall. And that was with uh, first team all pack 12 edge, Ron stone really on a pitch count and he will be full go. Uh, The spread 17 and a half. uh, Oh, also one other note, Nakia Watson. Remember him? He is the starter for Washington state had 117 yards last week and a fumble. So the spread 17 and a half. I, I am very confident sitting here and saying Wisconsin will win because I, they are just physically better than Washington state. When you face so much roster, like it's been impressive what Dickert has done to the roster when he takes over, right? Cause usually it takes a couple years to build it. Now it's easier yes, in the portal. You don't need those years of recruiting to build up and up and up. But still, when you have three head coaches in four years, you're going to have some deficiencies on the roster. Just recruiting-wise, you aren't able to amass years and years of recruiting success. So Wisconsin's deeper. I don't think they'll have much trouble winning. I ask you first, though, Grant, what do you, like, what do you need to see from the Badgers to come away feeling really good? Because I think from the first game, it was hard to come away from that game feeling bad. But this game against a legit Pac-12 Power 5 opponent, what do you need to see to feel good about where this team's at? Well, last week... I thought our our friend, your co-host and uh, sports director at The Zone in Madison, Zach Heilprin, I thought made an excellent point that Graham Mertz uh, took a step, but he did not make a stride. Very important difference. And it's that kind of language that I love on this network because we are hyper-specific. 
And that's how you really get down to the root of what happened. He took a step, not a stride. I would love Ben Kenny on Twitter at Ben Z Kenny. I would love to see Graham Mertz take a stride. That's what I want. Not just a step. Yeah. Zach Heilprin outlined on Kenny and Heilprin last week. I want to see a stride. I want to see some juice from Graham Mertz. I really, that's all I need to see. I think the defense, I think we know what it is, what it's going to be. Offensive line, I think will be better this year. And I think Bobby Ingram, as you guys have talked about, will add some things. To me, it's just Graham Mertz. I want to see him take a stride, not just a step. Podcast of that show last night, by the way, is available. Kenny and Heilprin. We were joined by former Badger offensive lineman, Bill Nagy. Awesome stuff from him. Insight that you can't get anywhere else. When he talks about a line play, what it's like with Bostad in the room. So awesome stuff from him. Zach did say that last night. I'm with you. As I said, as I have said throughout the offseason, I don't think we'll learn everything in the first three games about Mertz just because these aren't Big Ten defenses. Unless he is consistently getting pressured and hit in the face, then I don't think we'll learn a lot. So it sounds stupid to say, but I kind of I, I want the offensive line to play great. I want Wisconsin to win easily. But I yep. kind of want Mertz to get pressured in big spots even. I want to see what it looks like when it's not all perfect because that's when it hasn't been great in the past. So hopefully Washington State can bring that. I agree. I, I want to see Mertz play really well. If he does, I'll come away and, and say, okay, we're building on the first week. The bigger thing for me, though, is against this offense, the Washington State offense, Wisconsin's defense showed a a little bit of, they shut him out and the bar is crazy high for what they can do and and what they have to do. But they showed a a little weakness in the secondary there as an FBS quarterback and Zach Anikstad was able to move the ball down the field a bit. I need to see the defense absolutely dominate Cam Ward and the Washington state offense because it's a talented defense. It is a defense that replaced eight starters. So it's going to take some time to get them all going and get really set who your personnel is in all the spots. But I need to see the defense come out and just destroy this Washington state offensive attack, because I think that like Wisconsin will run the ball. Well, I think Mertz will be solid. I, I don't think he'll, you know, go light the world on fire because I don't think he'll be asked to, but the biggest thing I need to see goes there on the defensive side of the ball. You want to see him shut him out. I would like to see another shutout. I would like to see a very decisive, mistake-free shutout, like a like a classic right. 2019 Michigan State, like absolutely demolish kind of shutout. Eight the seven. One thing with the Badgers' defense over there, they always give up the shot plays, like you said. There always seems to be issues on the back end. Like I think all the way back to the Big Ten championships in the mid 2010s, like that one against Penn State. They do a great job stuffing the run, great job close by, but they give up a couple of big plays, and that can really define a game. So I'm with you yep. on your comment about plays over the top. Grant, Dave from Monona is waiting on hold. Oh, let's get to him. We're going to go to the phones. Dave, hello. Oh, we got Laverne and Shirley on today. How about that? Ah, I am excited to hear your voice. What's up? What's up? No, I got to before my Graham Cracker question, Graham Cracker, oh, my God. Before my, I got to answer Dub's question when he talked about uh, un, um, the unemployment. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be free agent because they work about as much as Bill Michaels does. <laughs> See, I like that. That's we need. We need a little rim shot there, you know. Because uh, anyway, as far as like, I got thoughts on Graham Mertz, go. Yeah, the question I heard. I heard uh, Zach Gary said that Graham Mertz made a hundred thousand dollars last year. 
I want to know. Obviously, they should be putting who's you know who the pigeons of stupid people are paying him because if you're, if you're going to get paid and not, you know not pay tax, but we all we have the right to know who's paying him. I'm kind of curious. You guys know who the idiots are that paid him a hundred thousand dollars? Really? I personally don't know any numbers, and we will never know unless, like in Miami, the booster comes out and says because it's kind of. When these boosters, in theory, we'll see this across the country. When the payer, when the players are paid specifically, the boosters, it's kind of a sense of pride, right? Where if a player starts going crazy, he goes, "Oh, you know, that's the one I was able to bring in." Okay. So unless the booster comes out and says anything or whatever it is, I, I don't know the specifics of it, and I don't think we ever will unless someone really wants it public for some reason. Then the other question I have for you guys is, uh, okay, so you got a re- you got a recruit comes in. And he gets paid a hundred thousand dollars as a freshman. That's not now, how it works, but yeah. Well, no, well, well, well unless, you're, unless you're young, he you got you got millions of dollars. But no, the, but the question is, once they come to school, and they decide to leave a couple years later, do they have to be? How does that rest of that money work to come in? Can they go to the next school and then demand another nil agreement, and not, and, you know, or, or do they got to renege the first one and give their money back? I was just wondering how that worked because the smart guys will come in, get their million leave in two, three years and make another million. Well, some program, it's not like that everywhere. It's, it's probably like that in the sec. And I'm sure I, when they sign the contract, there's no way that someone can be contractually tied to staying at a certain place. It's like when boosters give money, they're not getting a monetary return, right? Just in general. So there are, there are a lot of sunk costs when it comes to the boosters in that way. I'm sure it happens that way. Some places I can say for sure Uh, A big announcement yesterday, Wisconsin and the Varsity Collective, their NIL movement, they do a lot to, A, uh, set the athletes up with deals to make them money, but also to coach them throughout life and how to properly manage it and how to cultivate relationships. They try to set them up for after the school. But when it comes to leaving, I I don't really know exactly. I am sure that uh, there is no way to contractually tie someone to a place so that means once the money's given, it's given. Dave? All right. Well. What? I, that, oh. Dave, you still there? Wow. That was surprising, Grant. I thought we were going to get a Wisconsin looked bad. They had a couple big plays, but they looked horrible. That was that was a disappointing call. I that have to say Dave it. just wanting an economics lesson and then hanging up on you while you were giving him the answer. What was that? (laughs) All right. Well, about the NIL stuff, I mean, he brings interesting stuff up. I just, I I don't know what to say. I was, I was preparing myself to go, to go back. You know, I was, I was sitting up in my chair. I was getting, I was getting the lungs ready where as soon as Wisconsin started to be attacked, I would have to then, you know, go back. I, he might be calling back in. Let's see. Line one. You're on the Bill Michaels show. Who do we got? Vagabond John again. Oh, How's John, what's up? What's up? I told you I'd call back for the Wisconsin segment. Yes, sir. The only thing I'll say is, yes, there's an SDS opponent. Iowa and Nebraska also looking bad. Gave me a lot more confidence for that bowl, that bowl streak. For the bowl Can we talk about the West, man? I, why are we talking about the bowl streak? Um, because until tomorrow, I can hold on to my take from the offseason. I was not worried about Illinois State. Gotcha. I am worried about Washington State. 
and I am worried about Cam Ward, and I'm worried about Hunter Wooler being out. Um, we're going to see this Utah transfer. I mean, there's a reason he transferred from Utah, right? Couldn't start there. Well, he was young. Um, I He is. Well, he is young. He doesn't have a lot of experience. What Wohler brings is he is so dependable, and you know he'll be in the right spot all the time. Uh, Latu, the Utah transfer, really explosive and athletic. I love what he brings, but you don't know as much uh, in terms of positioning and all that stuff. So uh, a little less dependable. I'm with you. I like him a lot, but there are questions. You know, the point that you made about you saw a little crack, and yes, they bent. Of course, they didn't break. They held the the shutout. But Illinois State was able to throw the ball in Wisconsin a little bit. Um, You take out Hunter Wohler, and, you know, it's just a concern of mine. Uh, I do think Hunter Wohler is an NFL athlete. I think he is incredibly athletic and also intelligent. So I'm very excited. hope he gets back as soon as possible. But back to Washington State, I mean, uh, you know, if you take out, and I know, yes, if you take out all the big plays, you can do that. But if you look at the median yards per carry, if those two Illinois State players don't take terrible angles and, and take Braylon Allen down for 12 instead of letting him go 96, you know, we're looking at four yards of carry, which Wisconsin historically, when they get four or five yards of carry, uh, the games end really poorly, Yeah, especially at home when they're favored by – 16 or more we have two recent Paul Chris examples of losing those games and so I need to see just more consistency from the offensive line in terms of moving smaller opponents they're huge they're bigger than NFL offensive line that doesn't mean they're faster but they're just massive so we got to get more than you know three or four yards of carry uh you know Ches Malusi can we get some sort of explosion out of him oh he looks great yeah. You can knock he, a lot of things. I thought Ches Malusi looked great for a guy coming off an ACL. I agreed. Um, I just... Wait, I want to talk I about the, the yards per carry thing for a second. Bill Nagy was with us last night, made a really good point, former offensive lineman at Wisconsin, where you're so used in practice to going up against the best of the best all the time. And then it's kind of like in baseball when you're facing all fastballs. Then when you go up against an opponent like that, you're facing changeups, and it kind of changes how you play, how you approach it. The timing of everything is different. So I will defend the offensive line there. I think pass protection is the bigger concern uh, or the bigger question entering this weekend. Yeah, and then you have, of course, the one play. And again, we're picking out single plays to be nitpicky, but that's what you get when you have an FCS team. So my overall take, yes, they won 38 to nothing. Great. Um there's not a lot to take away, but Graham Murph missing that blitz. I mean, if he misses something like that against Ohio State, he might be done for the year, you know. So and then, and then we're screwed. So you have a quarterback who's on his third year on campus or fourth year on campus, something like that. Fourth, and just missing a simple, you know, unbalanced defensive look, and then getting absolutely destroyed in the back. You just can't have that. I agree. Um, I agree. Game, the hope is they learn. I, I guess it's good there are clear learning points from the game, right? That they could point to. And it's better than starting your season against Penn state where you just get hit in the mouth from all angles. Yeah. And that Penn state team ended up being kind of bad. So that's, (laughs) Oh, I thought they were good. I I thought they were still good. Clifford just kind of collapsed. 
they kind of go as far yeah. as th- that guy takes them. And uh, James Franklin is what he is. Appreciate the phone call, man. I, I, yeah. I look forward to Next week, we'll talk. Next week, we'll take a stock check. We'll talk. Hey, right now, my pick for the West is Purdue. But that's just uh, that's just my, my hot take. For I have we'll gone, week. I've gone on the record, and uh, Purdue has absolutely no chance to win the West. That is my one take oh. going into the year. We'll battle. We'll battle. This is good. This is good for conversation. We'll Love talk it. to you guys next week. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, Grant, Thanks, uh, that was before the Penn State game, but now after especially. They can't run the ball. Like I, It's kind of a Big Ten homer thing to say, but if you can't run the ball in the Big Ten, we saw, they lost against Penn State because they could not close the football game. They had two two opportunities with four minutes left. They need four first downs and they win, and they can't run for more than two yards. So I don't see how you win the Big Ten West against Iowa and Wisconsin and even uh, Minnesota, who I think is good this year, Nebraska, if you can't run the ball, you will not win. They're just barriers of entry in the Big Ten. There's just things you need to be able to do. You need to have a good punter. You need to be able to play field position. You need to be able to run the ball. I, I'm with you there. I just, I don't know. I never really take Purdue seriously. Yeah. Ever. Well, they haven't beat Wisconsin since 2003. Really? Yeah. It's a crazy Holy stat whenever smokes. I resurface it. That's pretty much 20 years they haven't beaten them. They've gotten close, but they haven't done it. That's that's insane. No wonder I don't worry about Purdue. <laughs> no wonder. I Well, yeah. Um, I do like their team generally if they could just get some sort of run game going. You mentioned the points of entry. That's why I was more impressed with Ohio State beating Notre Dame like they did than I was before the game. Because the offense didn't look great. Jackson Smith and Jigba goes down. But their defense says, okay, you know what? We could win a game. Just get on our backs. You know, the offense will figure itself out, which it will. Now we're just going to ground and pound and win with defense. They could do both, which is petrifying. They had to grind it out. Yeah. Which is good. I heard, uh, I believe Colin Cowherd say the same thing this week. Or was it Joel Klatt? Somebody on Fox and I was watching said that that was a more impressive way for Ohio State to win that game. As opposed to, you know, running away and scoring a million points and winning a shootout. No doubt. No doubt. All right. 877-867-1670. Wisconsin, Washington State, Saturday, 2.30. Packers, Vikings, Sunday at 2.30. A weekend full of football. I love the 2.30 starts, by the way. It's like there's not a more perfect in terms of attending a game. Like I love 11 a.m. games for what they are. I, I think it's beautiful playing football in the morning. But I agree for two thirty games in terms of your day to day schedule and attending and watching, not a better time for both teams to play. I would tend to agree. I'm very anti night games. I talked about this earlier this week. I hate night games. It should be once a year, maybe. You know, some years you may might not have a night game. That's fine. But we can't make every game a night game. I agree. They have to feel special. They have to feel important. 877-867-1670. We're going to step away here. Take a quick break. A lot more Packers, Badgers. I uh, get into the Brewers as well. Coming up next, it's the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back, Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills in for Bill today. NFL Week One is underway. 
a full slate of games on Sunday, which uh, the ass groove on the couch will be worked out, uh, will be utilized. Grant Bills, I went through earlier this morning. I have yes. superlatives for the week one NFL slate where the excitement lies. And I, I also have it for one college football game because I, I couldn't help myself as to include it. Um, I have music. Let's do it. First of all, in college football, Iowa, Iowa State, to me, the stoppable force meets the movable object in Iowa City. The Iowa offense is the worst thing I've ever seen, like ever, with some of the worst quarterback play I've ever seen. But Iowa State can't beat Iowa. So what's going to happen? I don't know. Spencer Petrus? Yes. How do you say it? Petrus. Brutal. Just brutal. I cannot wait to watch them flail around and fail. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, If you like points, don't watch. Yeah. The Eagles against the Lions. I have the Eagles minus four in this one. In the all-hype machine bowl. Yes. Of week one. Yeah. National media loves these teams and hard knocks. Yes. And gamblers, sharks loved these teams, you know, six months ago. Yeah. And had money on it like them. And now the public is kind of in on both of these teams. But I love that they're matched up week one because it's two teams, like you said, amazing amount of offseason hype. And then we get to pronounce one of them dead after this weekend. Yes. And it was all for nothing. Oh, it's going to be great. I love overreacting. Yep. Number two, the Saints are at the Falcons in the is New Orleans actually good poll. It's a weird one. They're a weird team. I heard on a podcast the other day that someone was positing New Orleans to win the NFC. Why not? Oh, like there are some strong takes on New Orleans. We don't really talk about how Sean Payton's not there anymore. I've heard people spin the loss of Sean Payton as a positive because now the coach won't be obsessed with using Taysom Hill. (laughs) Uh, Packer fans, I'm sure, would love that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The next one, the 49ers are at the Bears in the game that we see that Justin Fields is better than Trey Lance. The Justin Fields revenge game. There's a lot of revenge on the mind. I saw it. the athletic college football or the football show, the athletic coined all of this as uh, the John wick scale of revenge where there are seven to eight revenge games, but each is for a different uh, level of revenge. But yeah, I would, I would frame this game with Justin Fields and Trey Lance as two John wicks. If John wick was played by like Kevin James, because I'm sure these guys want to, they're out for revenge, but they are not capable. Like Keanu Reeves is these guys stink. They're no Liam Neeson, Grant? No. No, no? they're not. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to the Liam Neeson game of the week in a bit, I guess. Oh, good. My Steelers, my my darling Steelers at the Bengals. I didn't have a superlative for this one. It's just I, the Steelers are going to cover people. Plus six and a half. Mitch Trubisky is going to look like a real quarterback. And the Bengals, like the Bengals are good. But Matt Mitchell told us earlier, don't doubt Mike Tomlin. I don't doubt Mike Tomlin. He just, he wins or like covers pretty close to winning all yeah, the time. Covers. Yeah, he covers. <laughs> Which uh, is mo- more important. Yes. All right. Next, the Patriots are at the Dolphins in the battle for second place in the AFC East. 
does anyone care about the Patriots this year? I cannot remember a season where I'm less interested in what the New England Patriots are doing. There's not like one interesting fantasy player on it. If one of the running backs gets hurt, Stevenson or the other guy. Harris. Damian Harris, yeah. If one of those guys gets hurt, maybe. But there's just, there's very few interesting players on the Patriots. That is true. I find it interesting that Belichick has Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinator, a.k.a. no offensive coordinator. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I do. Or have you? Yes, yes, indeed. So, one of my favorite podcasts this last week is the Ringer Fantasy Football Pod. I think it was Danny Kelly or Craig Horbeck compared the Patriots coaching staff to the Night's Watch. Like, <laughs> we don't get any good people here. We just kind of take the scraps of society. That's literally what the coaching staff is like. They're spread too thin. Nobody's doing the correct job. And I don't really know why we don't talk about it. Joe Judge is back too, which is... Uh, get me started on Joe Judge. The Ravens at the Jets, uh, whatever. That was one of one of my whatever games. We can move past that one. Okay. The Jets suck. Colts at the Texans as well. Whatever. Tex- Sneaky Texans might win this game. Thoughts? Uh, no. Disagree. <laughs> no, I don't care. Um, hey, Carson. Oh, oh before, before we move on. Uh, speaking of the Colts, I saw the other morning on first take before I left my house. Uh, Mad Dog Russo, his Super Bowl prediction was Cowboys versus Colts. That's weird. I, so there's your Colts hype. I respect the art of what Mad Dog Russo does. Uh, my other whatever game, Giants at Titans. I, I think both of these teams, honestly, are kind of going to suck. I, I know uh, the Titans were really good and have been really good. I just, I don't know how long that's going to last. Dude, the, I, Matt brought this up earlier. Five points is too many. The Texans are not five points better, but I just cannot fathom laying my money on the Giants Daniel Jones yeah man (laughs) my and and Galladay and Tony it's just a mess I have some giant fan friends and they talk themselves into Daniel Jones every year it's the mental gymnastics done is uh, quite impressive yeah uh talk about a Liam Neeson type John Wick Browns at Panthers the Baker Mayfield revenge game um we like the Panthers in this game I think I do. Pick the Panthers for my work pool. I think I really do. I think I kind of like the Panthers as a whole. Why not? Matt Rule looks like he's aged twenty years in the last two. Like the stress <laughs> the of smock, Matt Rule. Yeah, the stress of that organization is like there. Hey, and, hey, on Matt Rule, if you go back through his coaching history, first two years at Temple, so so. Third year, popped. Aware. Baylor, first couple of years, struggle. Third year. Hot. Maybe he's just a third-year guy. They had college game day in Philly. I was there for it years ago when uh, Notre Dame played Temple. Temple lost, but it was a cool game. Do we still believe in Matt Rule? I do not. Nope, not at all. The Chiefs at the Cardinals in the... It is September, so Kyler Murray is good game. <laughs> I love this. I love this angle. Uh, betting angle, by the way. Bet Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns every week, this week included. That's smart. I'm no gambling expert, but I I will throw that out there. Couple more. I, go, yes, ahead. go ahead. Uh, no. Couple more quick. The Raiders are at the Chargers in the are they contenders really game of the week. What are your thoughts? Give me your your 10 second elevator pitch on the Raiders. Uh, I mean, I like Derek Carr more than Kirk Cousins. 
sure. No. Actually, excuse me, the other way around. I like Kirk Cousins more than Derek Carr. I don't like Derek Carr very much. I knew there was a oh. comp there. I just forget which side I took. No. I'm not like Derek Carr's good. I'm not sold on the Raiders at all. I Devontae being there, cool. They have weapons. I just in that division, you can't convince me they are the second or best team. Like they might sneak into the playoffs, but not sold on the Raiders. So many bad draft picks. I told you earlier in the oh, show the that worst. I recognize all these names along the defensive line of the Bills. Guys I, I know from college. Same with the Raiders, except all those guys sucked. And they're getting rid of a lot of them. Uh, like all of them. It's crazy. Just cleaning house. Get them out. Yeah. McDaniels got to town. He said, I don't want Leatherwood lurking around. I don't know if Cleland Farrell's still there. Damon Arnett. All of them. Out. The Chargers, meanwhile, I positive regression here where they, they went so balls to the wall, go for two, go for it on fourth down. A lot of it backfired, and we saw, obviously, at the end of the season, some of that. I think I, I'm really in on the Chargers this year. I am, too. Really in. Very much so. Uh, Excited to watch them. Raiders, this would be fun to watch. I like the idea of watching Adams, Renfro, and Waller on the same team. That's going to be fun. Nowadays that they're both dome teams, it's also it's a clean game, you know? Yeah. Like yep. it's indoors, it's in Vegas and LA. The the uniforms are clean, the guys look fast. This is a West Coast, you know, soft guy game. You don't miss the the football games being played on the baseball infield. No. Oh, yes, I do miss it. Uh, no as in I, I don't like where they are now. Okay. It was beautiful. I don't know if you could tell this by now, but I like chaos. And that was chaos. Oh, yeah. That's why you love college football. Uh, three more. The Buccaneers at the Cowboys. In Does either team have an offensive line game? The Cowboys lost Tyron Smith. They uh, Their roster just got so much worse this offseason. So I can't yes. buy into them. The Buccaneers, interior offensive line is in shambles after training camp in the offseason. Can any of these lines protect their quarterbacks? That's the question. Dak's more mobile, at least. He can deal with it to some degree. I, man... There's a lot of different ways this season could go for the Bucks and Brady. I could see them being the one seed. I could see them missing the playoffs. I could see it being really ugly. What if Brady retires in midseason? Uh, dude, if the team is really, really bad. Oh, he's gone. Do you think he would? 100%. Like, he's, he's here to keep winning. And if the team around him crumbles and the line is, like, that bad and everything else goes poorly, 100%. I could see him doing it. Giselle, by the way, needs to calm down. <laughs> Football season's five months out of the year. It's not like he plays baseball where he's playing 162 and the season takes six months. Like, what's 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 going on with her? It's five months. It's once a week. You're at home eight weeks of the year. What's the issue, Giselle? That's the take of the day. Giselle, calm down. Well, I don't know. I'm sure there's something deeper going on than... Like, is she really just upset that Brady said he'd retire and then he didn't? Like, okay, sure. She Maybe could've... he didn't consult Giselle. But as far as professional athletes go and, and marrying a professional athlete, football quarterback is a pretty easy way to go compared to NBA or MLB or hockey even. Yeah. She could be worked up from yesterday's news that the uh, BMW PGA event is going to 54 holes. Because A lot of people are upset about that. Uh, they... We're honoring the Queen of England who passed away, obviously, yesterday. And now they are 54. It's a 54-hole event, like the live, but world ranking points apply. Make that make sense. any marriage. I but, agree. But what about China? Uh, and <laughs> second to last, Broncos at Seahawks. 
in a, in a John Wick special, the Russell Wilson revenge game. You got stories coming out that Pete Carroll tried to trade him and the Browns said no years ago. That's going to be a fun one. I, the Seahawks suck, like horrible suck. Yet, I I don't know. I, I'm kind of excited to watch uh, Russell Wilson, like tear them up. I don't know. He throws the most beautiful deep ball I've ever seen. I want to watch it again. I really hope Russell Wilson to Denver is a catastrophic failure. I am very much (laughs) preying on the downfall of Russell Wilson. Sorry, Nathaniel Hackett, collateral damage. I don't want your head coaching career to spiral out of control, but I am very much preying on the downfall of one Russell Wilson in Denver. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Not surprising. And finally, (laughs) do we have a superlative for Packers Vikings? Um, I mean, like, look, I, I see how much does it mean? We talked about this earlier for the Vikings. I think it means a lot for the Packers in the grand scheme of things. I don't think this game means that much. I don't. This means everything to Vikings fans. Oh, the, bizarre there it is. Packers versus Vikings in the Viking fan Super Bowl. Yeah, I see. That's what I was going to say. And I cut myself off because it it's so cliche as a Packers fan to be like, oh, this is Vikings fans Super Bowl. They, they have an empty trophy case, so this is their Super Bowl. And it's <laughs> super dumb and it's cliche, but it's it's also kind of true. In this it's case, just, it's very uh, true. Because uh, of KOC, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. Uh, and all the Vikings fans are talking about, he's like a tall Sean McVay. Okay, you guys, just go do your... Go listen to K-Fan and leave me alone, please. <laughs> I don't know. Go fill their whiteboards. All right, we are woefully late for a break. That's Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny. More coming up next. It's the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Ben Kenny Grand Bills. It's the Bill Michaels show. A couple segments left until we are out of here. I'm excited to do nothing on Sunday coming up. Uh, it's a lot of nothing. It, it's a productive nothing. The old uh, check the fantasy scores as they go along kind of day, which is welcome in these parts. College football slate isn't much to get excited about, though there are some some hidden storylines there. Uh, Alabama, Texas is a fun one. Fox big noon kickoff at 11. That'll get you. If if you need any coffee, watch what Alabama chooses to do with Texas. I think Grant. Yeah. Uh, Texas is on the path to being back. Do we agree there? Recruited very well, especially listen to this. I have Texas takes. They always line is good, but young, very young. That's true. High recruits, high level players, but young. And Alabama boasting one of the better defensive lines, if not the best defensive line in the I mean, Alabama might have the top two picks. Quarterback and their edge rusher, whose name eludes me. Will Anderson. Thank you. Will Anderson. Uh, I mean, obviously, young offensive line recruit at Texas. You're throwing him into the fire right away against that defensive front. Talented but young. Sark, he needs time. Yeah. I listen to college football podcasts. That's good. Uh, Thank you. They do always recruit well. It's a question of does it come crumbling down? under their coaches, which has been the case. I heard a really good discussion in the off season because mm-hmm. Quinn Ewers is the quarterback there. Ohio state transfer, big time recruit. 
He can air it out. Like I, Alabama's twenty point favorites. I think they cover easily. They could pick their number, right? Like they played Utah State last week. It was fifty fifty five to nothing with ten minutes left in the third quarter, and then Alabama's yeah. like, okay, let's let's chill. Like we already showed enough. I don't think Saban's going to want to stop running it up on on Texas. Just generally, kind of like a statement no. deal, but. A discussion of Arch Manning, who's coming into Texas next year. Will te- will Arch Manning be a Heisman finalist during his time at Texas? Oh, will well. Here's a question: Because so much will is, he at any point being above average starter. Are you an Arch believer, or do you think it's all hype? No, I 100 percent he will be an above average start. He is like okay. God's gift to the quarterback position, and he happens really? to have the name Manning. But the name Manning helps him in the Heisman voting. Some does. some low level uh, like you know FC or low FBS level college football writer probably shoes in a Manning over someone with the same stats That's but true. not named Manning. Plus Texas has to be good enough for him to warrant Heisman consideration. There's so much there, but over four years or three until he goes to the NFL, I would I would bet yes. You think so? If I get plus money on it, I think it's I don't know. invited to New York. Is that how he? Yeah. Is that how we phrase this? Yeah. 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 It doesn't have to win it, but that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Noon on noon on Saturday. That's on Fox. Bama probably wipes the floor with them. That's really the the big game to watch. There there's some others sprinkled in, but if you want hype machine storylines, that's the one. Do you have any do you have any burning NFL takes for the weekend as we as we send everyone into theirs? Uh mine is I, I think the Steelers win in Cincinnati. And I think Mitch Trubis like I'm not a big Kenny Pickett fan generally, but I'm in on on Mitch Trubisky being he's going to be better than Big Ben was last year. I think we forget how bad Big Ben was at the end. And the fact that they were the Steelers, it all held together because the defense is good and they have good players. I think Trubisky is serviceable and maybe okay. I think Tomlin is a victim of his own success in that he can take really bad players like Ben was bad last year and make them good. And then Big Ben departs, and we're thinking, oh, now they got Mitch Trubisky. Well, no, Trubisky's actually probably an upgrade. It just doesn't seem like it because Mike Tomlin gets the most out of his guys. So I think if, like, Mike Tomlin's so good at maximizing what he has that it it actually is a detriment to him and how we talk about him and how we yeah. analyze his team. I can give the Steelers a little love. Uh, a burning NFL take? Yeah, I've won. And it's related to some things that I saw this week, and I think I was telling you about this earlier. Um, earlier, excuse me. I, my dream is to be on, you know, sports radio and TV for a long time, Ben. I'd like to get a nice big show for myself one day, build something, you know, keep growing a platform. And I just, I can't imagine working for decades to be on TV every day, work tirelessly, network, get that TV show on a platform that like a million people or whatever watch and listen to every day. I can't imagine working so hard to get that platform and then using that platform to tell the world on my show that Kirk Cousins is going to win NFL MVP. <laughs> and I and I had to watch Kyle Brandt do that this week on Good Morning Football. And I guess I wouldn't even have an issue with it, but he was so bold. He was yelling, and he's like, this is going to happen. It's like, whoa, dude. Watch Josh Allen on Thursday night. There's no way that Kirk Cousins can win an NFL MVP in a world in which that exists. It's just eye test 101. You saw him extend the ball over the goal line and stiff arm that corner that tried to tackle him. Like, 
one guy predicting Kirk Cousins MVP is too many guys predicting Kirk Cousins MVP. So there's an NFL take. Your reaction to that is very similar to my reaction to when, oh, I forget his name. Someone picked Purdue to win the Big Ten West, and I just had a personal problem with that person. Yeah, I would. Well, now especially because I know that they haven't beaten Wisconsin in like 20 years or something ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I get having fun with the take, but just yelling and going on a rant about how Kirk Cousins is going to win NFL MVP. I just don't like that. I agree. Not a fan. We'll see on Sunday. Tough first test with that Packers secondary and the Packers defense. I have an injury update. Oh, that I will give Packers wise Bakhtiari Jenkins, Lazard, Tanyan. I'll give it when we come back. Final segment, Bill Michaels show. That is next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers face the Vikings in the season opener, 325 this Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. Last year, the Packers turned in a horrible performance week one with a 38-3 loss to the Saints in Jacksonville, a game Randall Cobb would just as soon forget. I wiped everything in the past out of my mind, so, I mean, yeah, I don't remember what I was feeling that week or going into that game, but as of right now, you know, obviously, it's all about the North. That first and foremost for us to even have a playoff chance we got to find a way to win our division. So we know the importance and the urgency in finding a way to to win one game a week, and, and especially when it comes to the division. Packers defensive back Eric Stokes. We know for a fact, like last year, uh, we didn't start the way that we wanted to in the first game. So coming out here this year, having a better practice, and just pretty much stand on top of every little thing. Now last year, Rasul Douglas was signed as a free agent after Jair Alexander went down with a severe shoulder injury. Douglas was asked if he's ready to prove he's worth the new contract he signed in the offseason. Definitely. There's no such thing as being relaxed here. Um, you got to come here and you got to prove it. Every, everybody here is, is playing great ball right now, so they stay on your back. So if you mess up, they'll come right in. Darnell Savage Jr. missed most of training camp with a hamstring injury, suffered during one-on-one drills on family night. The Packers' safety and why he thinks this year's defense would be the best they've had in a while. I would just say just the how close we are as far as, like, our mindset. Like, we're all very, like, similar. It's almost like we were handpicked, you know, so... But everybody, we all have the same goal. We all want to be the best, you know what I'm saying? And we push each other, uh, we drive each other, we compete with each other at practice, we compete with each other in the games. So that's going to do them but bring the best out of everybody. So uh, it's always fun going out there in the field with those guys. That's Packers safety Darnell Savage Jr. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. couple minutes left before we're out of here. It is The Bill Michaels Show. That is Grand Bills. I am Ben Kenny. Football, football, football on the horizon. A Packers injury report. Matt LaFleur at the podium as we speak. Obviously don't have time to bring you that. Questionable for Sunday's game. David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. Bakhtiari did not practice today. It could be a vet day off. It could be a, a, who knows? Questionable for the game. The two tackles. Doubtful is Alan Lazard. I don't think he'll play. Robert Tanyan, though, is good to go which is a very, very welcome piece of news. Also good to go, Mason Crosby. So given the tackle situation, which is, has been a question for a while, solid, solid news on the injury report. I feel like I'd rather have the extra pass catcher with Lazard out, surprisingly. We've been without Bakhtiari and Jenkins for a while. Hopefully we can continue to patch that together. Getting the extra pass catcher, getting Robert Tunyon back, I think is a huge deal. Oh yeah, red zone as well. Maybe get Winfrey yes. up from the practice squad. 
I don't know. It'll be interesting. Maybe some Amari Rogers, Ty Montgomery type plays. You get your boy Danny Etling up from the practice squad. Oh, too. God, shut up. Run a couple of keeper plays for him. Get out of here. Trade for Taysom Hill. All right. Packers, Vikings. Grant, you have the Vikings. I have the Packers. We uh, do. Both yep. by slim margins. Badgers cover on Saturday? Uh, I don't think so. Do the Brewers uh, sweep the Reds, and are we back on Monday? When we're back on Monday, the Brewers are back. Ben Penny. Let's go. There watch. it is. That's the good energy I need. Grant, thank you as always. It's been a pleasure. Bill Michaels will be back on Monday and Tuesday. Grant and I will take you next Wednesday to Friday, though. So there will be more of this coming up in the near future. Everybody have a terrific weekend. Go Pack Go. Go Badgers. Thanks for hanging around. See ya. Thanks, Ben. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.